0: Yesterday, I wrote an article on Seeking Alpha that touched on the subject of the cost of medicine. That's definitely not a usual topic for me. So as I read the comments, I found they provided me with a different perspective on the sort of things I do usually write on. The comments fell into two broad categories. One group saw pharmaceutical companies as greedy, exploitative villains profiteering off of a public that can ill-afford, pun intended, the medicines they need for their well-being. The other group saw these companies as exemplars of moral capitalism earning the reward markets provide for their life-saving and life-enhancing work. I'm not happy about the Manichian approach to everything today that instantly labels someone as a paragon of moral virtue or evil with nothing in between. But it occurred to me that we see the same dualistic thinking when it comes to financial advisors for whom I write my compendium of articles on Seeking Alpha. To someone like me, who has been professionally acquainted with financial advisors for over two decades, the opprobrium they receive from a large number of investors generally strikes me as harsh. The profession includes many capable and caring practitioners. What gives? It's fairly routine to observe more interest and invective when an article discusses an advisor's fees or a pharmaceutical company's profits than on topics such as investing strategy or new medicines. I feel safe in saying that the issue is money, or maybe it would be more precise to say resource management, since it's generally high ticket items and not a cup of coffee that get people bent out of shape. But as Adam Smith wrote in The Wealth of Nations two and a half centuries ago, it is not from the benevolence of the butcher, the brewer, or the baker that we can expect their dinner, but from their regard to their own interest. When it comes to the fees a person charges for the creative labor he performs, it's his call what price is worth his effort, in theory at least. In reality, the market imposes its own discipline. Charge more than a standard, and you'll get no business. Charge too little, and your inability to keep up with demand will force you to raise prices. All this is to say, there is a market price from which few can stray far. Medicine costs are a unique category because pharmaceutical companies enjoy a temporary monopoly as a means of incentivizing them to perform costly research and development that may not pay off for years, if at all. What's more, if we socialize medicine completely, as many call for, we still could not assume that everyone would have all the medicines they required at no or low cost. Not even a rich society can avoid trade-offs. Do we pay for every present need? Or do we allocate some monies for research into medicines that can solve problems in the future? And do we provide a budget for national parks and NASA when there might be a single person not receiving adequate health care? Society must continue to struggle with finding the right balance between innovation and affordability. I'm sure much more could be done here. But to the extent we are able to spend our private resources, let's recognize what we're getting for our money. A person who is not physically healthy enjoys no tranquility. Obtaining treatment that prolongs or increases the quality of life is worth its weight in gold. Similarly, someone not on track financially can enjoy tranquility and financial success that would otherwise have eluded him without the services of a top-notch financial advisor. This is Seeking Alpha's Gil Weinrich.